What's up, friends? Welcome back to Let's Chat with Jay Vax. Yeah, that's me, your girl. This podcast, we talk about mindset. We focus in, we really dive deep into what our limiting beliefs are and how to rewrite the script. Let's get out of the habits that society has built and instilled in us because we are better than that. We are our truest selves. <laughs> Welcome back to Let's Chat with JVAX. I have Laura Days with us. What's up, Laura? What's up? So stoked to be here. <laughs> I am fucking jazzed that you are here. And for those of you who don't know Laura, she is a certified nutrition coach, a personal trainer, her trainer, trainer, a yoga instructor <laughs> and a sports nutritionalist who is on a mission to dismantle the diet industry and empower people to live their happiest, healthiest, and most confident lives. Laura focuses on helping you improve your mindset, unlearning your past conditioning and trusting your body so that you can find food freedom, ditch the diet culture and fully step into your power. Holy shit. What a fucking mission. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> well, I, it leads me to this, you know, how did you, how did you get here? How did you get to all of that and in, in doing what you love and, and getting on this mission to help others? It's so interesting. So I've always been, I call it whatever, a helper, a healer, whatever. I've, I went to school for education, music education, my first job that I ever had was a camp counselor. Um, I used to lead sectionals in my high school orchestra and choir. I volunteered with the Iowa City Girls Choir when I was a kid. Like I've just always kind of found myself in this position of being a quote unquote helper um, and truly never saw myself in health and wellness. Like I kind of laugh a little bit because I went to a music conservatory for undergrad and like music was my whole life. My identity was that of a musician, of a singer. And um, I, I've also always been active in sports and I'm going to keep it short because this isn't like quite your question. Um, so I always did both and thought that I was done with sports after high school, ended up playing college softball for a couple of years, thought I was done after that. And then realized I didn't really know how to take care of myself without organized sports so that's when I just kind of started documenting my own health and wellness journey that led me to getting my precision nutrition level one certification. And people just started asking me for help. And I was like, I don't really know how to help you, but cool. Let's, uh, let's dive in. Um, I did get insurance by the way, if you're coaching, you should probably have insurance to all the yes. coaches listening. Um, <laughs> definitely have insurance. So I had a certification, had insurance, started helping people. And, um, I really, thought that nutrition coaching was giving people macros, tracking their habits, making sure they're drinking enough water, like doing all of these kind of surface level things. And what I noticed as I began coaching was that most of my clients were getting to this place where like they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. I used to say that in quotes. Um, and then they were hitting a plateau. And what the conversations just kept coming back to things like, oh, you know, my mom was a chronic dieter. She was never comfortable in her body, da, 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 da. or um, a huge lack of boundaries and self-care and the ability to put ourselves first, which ultimately comes down to self-worth and self-love. And 
just the longer I coached, the more that I saw that this had a lot less to do with food and a lot more to do with our beliefs about ourselves, our beliefs about the world, um, where we found our own innate value as humans. And I just started to see the damage that had been done by diet culture and by trying to manipulate our bodies to fit this very narrow standard of what society deems is attractive, beautiful, worthy, whatever. Um, and that is really how I pivoted more into, and honestly, I don't know what the fuck to call myself right now. I'm a holistic <laughs> health coach. I've changed my title like at least five times. Um, I think really a more encompassing and accurate title would be like a food and body centered life coach, because we're talking about so many other things besides just nutrition and movement and our bodies. Um, but that is how my clients self-worth issues have manifested for other people. It's money for other people. It's relationships for other people. It's, uh, you know, what, whatever area of life for my clients, it happens to be food and body. Mm -hmm. And do you find that, have you had a journey on that? way or do you see it more of like you found your clients having that and it was like a light bulb for you like I need to help them yeah so it was it was really more the second I am very very lucky to say that I have not had a lot of food and body image issues however what I have noticed through doing this work is that there were times in my life where I was dieting, trying to control my body, trying to do all these other things simply because that was normalized. Mm -hmm. My friends were doing it. It was like just the normal thing to do. And so I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I took hydroxy cut in college. Yeah. I, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I was drinking some, I don't even remember the brand, but it was some like metabolism boosting tea that was like this carbonated iced tea drink. I, like, I don't even know. And it wasn't because I hated myself and it wasn't because I hated my body. I just was like, oh, this is what other people are doing to be healthy, which it's not healthy at all, but I thought it was. And like, so I'm going to do that too. Um, and also part of my journey was trying to figure out how to take care of my own body when I didn't have the structure of sports. Mm -hmm. Um, and like just seeing what happened to my body and how my body felt when I was a runner and when I was doing yoga and when I was doing CrossFit and when I was eating vegan and when I was doing the zone diet and like when I was doing all of these things and ultimately finding that <laughs> my body tells me exactly what it needs. And so does yours. And so does everyone else's. We've just been so far removed from that, mm -hmm. that most of us have no internal knowing when it comes to this level of self-trust. And so um, I, to, that was a very long answer to your question. I love it. Um, I, though I did not struggle and have not struggled a lot with body image, I have had my own journey in my body and I see how people I love have been harmed mm -hmm. by their own issues with body image and dieting and things like that. Yeah. And in the end, when it comes to changing your mindset, 
it's seeing the problem and being able to give your clients the tools to rewrite the script that society has written for them. For sure. And like I said, our own issues manifest differently, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I didn't know until I started running a business that I had money issues Mm -hmm. and I had to work on my own money mindset and like feeling worthy to receive monetary payment from my clients. And like, those are my, that's my shit. Mm -hmm. But the way that I work through that shit is the same for the most part, like I use a lot of the same tools as I'm giving to my clients to work through their shit with food and body. So it doesn't have to be that I've had this journey with food. I've had this journey with money. I had so many stories um, in my past about relationships and what, like, I truly believed that I was going to die old and alone. And now I'm almost three years into like my absolute dream relationship with my husband. And like, I had to work through that. And the the tools that we use can, like, we don't always need a hammer, right? But like, you can use a hammer for more than one thing. You can use it to build the house. You can also use it to fix a door frame. You can also use it to pull nails out of, you know, whatever, remove nails. I'm clearly not a carpenter, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, like we can use tools for different things. And so my toolbox is very, very full. And part of my job is to teach my clients how to use those tools. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, you mentioned the different toolkits, you know, or the toolbox that you have and how you've worked through your relationship. And now you're in one that you manifested into existence and it's beautiful and you're thriving in it and money. How did you analyze that you had, say, a money, you know, issue that you were kind of dealing with something? Yeah. Um, so it, it that kind of came to light, as I said, when I started my business and I really had a hard time increasing prices. I really had a hard time. Um, like I would get weird on sales calls with my clients telling them the investment for my programs, like I would get weird. And I was like, man, what is the deal? Uh, like, I just, I was like, why do I get so weird when I talk about money? Like I turned into this weird, creepy, like awkward human. Um, and you know, meanwhile, I was like paying a ton of money to my own business coach because I thought that their program is worth it. And so it was like, well, why don't I think that my program is worth it? Mm -hmm. Is it that I don't think the program's worth it? Is it that I'm not confident as a coach? Is it that I have money stuff? And like, it really came down to mostly that it was money stuff. And um, I realized in reflecting on like, why would that be? Where did I come up with these stories? because a lot of my colleagues who have money stuff, it comes from a place of like growing up without it. And so money was always scarce. And um, that was not the case for me. Like my parents had money. I, my sibling and I had everything we needed and more, but my parents had money stuff. And so even though they had it, they were raised in a place of scarcity. And so I would hear things like, um, 
when we would see a nice car, it was like, oh, people have more money than cents. Or do you know how many mouths you could feed with the amount of money they spent on that car? And so as a kid, I would compartmentalize and decide like, well, oh, good people donate money. Bad people buy nice cars. Good people have cents. Bad people have money because I wasn't old enough to understand. Right. And so um, I have like one hair that's just like chilling in my eye. Um, <laughs> we got it. We got it. Um, and so I had to work through those stories and I didn't realize how ingrained they were. And so I have to practice like, okay, I can make money and I can donate money and I can have a nice car. And like it, it I had to really turn it into a both and instead of an either or. And I'm still working on it, um, but I've come a really long way. And rewriting stories is essentially the work that I'm doing with my clients. Right. When they think, oh, I can't eat carbs because they're bad for me. It's like, well, no, carbs are actually your body's favorite fuel source. Let's look at where we we came up with that story, figure out why we are telling ourselves that story get the information we need. I do a lot of education in my coaching. So mm -hmm. there's a huge, like a full curriculum of nutrition education. So like, let's give you those tools and the knowledge. And then you get to rewrite that story and say, oh, based on what I know now, and based on the tools I now have, I know that I can eat carbohydrates and they're actually really healthy for me. Yeah. And it's a practice. And those old thoughts will continue to come in and they just, as you practice, get less and less frequent. I don't know right. if they ever really go away, but they right. get less, less frequent so that we are in control of our story instead of letting our stories control us. 100%. And I think that that's what happens. There's like the, the ebb and flow of everything where you are rewriting your story, whatever it may be, and you think you're in a good place, but then the next day happens and you're like, what the fuck? I thought I got over this or I thought yeah. I kind of was like already done. And it just like yesterday, I literally started telling myself the most bullshit like story about like me not being enough, me not like having enough and all these things. And I was like, what am I saying? I have worked past this so many times. Why are you coming up again? And it's reminding yourself like it's it's a journey. It's not linear. It's going to mm -hmm. happen. Absolutely. I heard, I hear this quote often. I don't know if you've heard it. New level, new devil, um, which is like, as you level up, you have like another thing that comes up. But one of my former business coaches said, it's actually more accurate to say new level, same devil just comes back wearing a different costume or a different outfit because it's, it's always the same. It's like a recurring story. It right. just shows up differently. And so that's our challenge. And that's our work is to continue to meet that devil or that story and rewrite that version of it. Right. And I, I see that and I love that analogy. And it makes me think of two other ones where the first one, I'm reading this book called winning. And it's basically like winning is, is your demon. It's your devil where you think you won and winning's there to be like, okay, you won this one, but now try again. And it's yeah. just like, you, you have to constantly keep winning. You can't just win and stay there because when it'll be like, all right, I'm going to kick you off and you're, and you're done here. And then the other story or the other analogy is basically death and rebirth. 
you mm-hmm. die and you're, and I, that's been something that I've been saying to myself since Tuesday and my life coach and I talked about it. And she was like, Jessica, you are a lot of Scorpio. You are literally <laughs> the queen of death and rebirth. You are going to shed your skin. You're going to die. It's going to be painful. And then you're going to rebirth yourself. And then a few months later, you're going to have to do it all fucking over again. Yep. Oh my God. And it fucking hurts just as bad every single time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> Like I always try to tell myself like, okay, we're, we're like conditioned now. Like we, it's like working out, right? You're like, oh, I've done this before. Like I've run this race before. It's not going to be that bad, but like you're at a new level and it hurts just as bad. And you're like, oh my God. (laughs) During the pandemic, I was going through my whole like spiritual transition and transformation and every single month, like on the dot, like nothing included with female hormones, I would be like, oh no, it's one of those days. And I would have to take a mental health day and I would just sob and release. And I'd have to write so many affirmations for myself because I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But then the next day I'd be like, I feel great. I feel so great. (laughs) What happened? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, uh, I think of like reptiles literally as they grow and like shedding, molting. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Mm. But then it feels so good when you have that like brand new, fresh skin. Skin. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that all comes down to mindset. And, and my question to you is, you know, when you come into a hard mindset situation, how do you work yourself through it? What are things that you typically tell yourself or journal or write about, or what's your go-to? That's a good one. Um, so I like to do this exercise where, if I'm having a limited, a limiting belief, I sit down, I write the limiting belief. And then I ask myself, is this true? Like 100% inarguably true. And the answer is almost always no. And then I say, what proof I write about what proof I have that it's not true. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really helpful for me. And that's a tool that I use with my clients as well is like, I bet, even if you have to sit and think for a while, I bet that you can think of one time or one instance that proves that this is not true. So for example, like if I feel, I'm trying to think of like something that most of it's business stuff. So I'm trying to use some other analogies as well, (laughs) but like, um, I'm not a good friend. Let's say that's come up. Uh, maybe I forgot to respond to someone. I missed someone's birthday. I'm feeling like I'm a shitty friend. Um, I would sit down and say like, is this true? Absolutely not. Like when have, when are all the times that I've shown up for my friends? When are all the times that I've been super fucking loyal? Um, and can I know, like my friends tell me all the time that I'm the most loyal person that they know. And like, all I have to do is think about that. And I'm like, okay, okay, we're good. And Sometimes if we did something wrong, like maybe an apology is in order and maybe that allows us to um, clear that belief and practice not like practice self-forgiveness really Mm -hmm. is like, okay, what do I need to do to clear the air, to clear this for me, to clear this for them? Um, And how can I forgive myself for that? And I think most of us are notoriously bad at self-compassion and grace and self-forgiveness. Um, but it's a practice just like everything else. Um, 
I'm trying to think of other tools I use when I'm like stuck in limiting beliefs. I, my husband is my sounding board for sure. Like he and I talk things out all the time. I also have a coach, like I'm a, I sell coaching. So I'm a huge believer that like, if I want people to invest in coaching with me, that I should believe, or I should believe in coaching enough to be investing in it with someone else. So I have a coach and like, I will go to her if I need to. Um, and yeah, just like utilizing resources. I really, I love to read nonfiction and personal development books. Um, so I have a bunch of things dog-eared and like, sometimes I'll pull, pull out some Brene Brown and like get a little Brene Brown pep talk. <laughs> um, yeah, I, and it's finding what works for you. Sometimes I, I love meditation, but when I am in my head already, I think I do better to like do things that are more active mm -hmm. rather than passive. Because if I'm already thinking about a bunch of things and then I mm -hmm. sit in stillness, I tend to just continue thinking about the same things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that the practice of meditation is to practice not doing that, <laughs> but, um, if I'm feeling really activated and my nervous system is dysregulated, that is not my favorite tool for myself. Um, so sometimes just doing something that I feel really confident about, like if I, I don't know, like, yeah, I think going to the gym or just grabbing coffee with a friend yeah. or having a dance party in my bedroom, hanging out with my cat, like self-care, I think is just really important all the time for sure. But certainly when we are having these like mindset blocks and limiting beliefs come up, um, those are some of my favorites. If I think of more, I will interject them. <laughs> like, wait a minute, I got another one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll, they will continue to come to me, but well, and I think with saying that, you know, especially with the meditation thing, like you're already in your head. So getting into your head to kind of block out things can be very challenging. And I think it's almost more beneficial to use people as soundboards, like your husband or a friend, because I'm a big believer on when you are feeling something inside, you are overanalyzing it in ways that maybe don't make the best sense. But when you start speaking them out loud and people are just listening to you, because for the most part, we have the answers inside of us. We don't need all of their advice that you'll be talking and be like, holy shit, I do this all the time, oh, reflection. And then I'll just start sharing the reflection. I'm like, oh, I figured it out. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for, and honestly, like I've told, um, so when I, I usually give this advice when people can't sleep, um, when I have clients who can't sleep because their brains won't turn off, I um, suggest that they try doing a brain dump whether that is in a journal or a voice memo. And that can be really clearing too, because you're actually speaking it out loud. So they can just do like a voice memo to themselves or like a voice record and do exactly what you're saying, because you're right. Sometimes all it takes is like spitting it out physically. And then we're like, oh, yep. Okay. Got exactly <laughs> what I needed to. I also think, and I knew that I would think of more things. Um, <laughs> Getting, you said something about like feeling it in your body. And I think that that is a really, really great tool also is like, um, doing somatic practices or visualizations. And so sometimes I really struggle with visualization because my brain likes to 
regurgitate pictures of things it has seen before instead of creating new pictures. So like if someone says picture a sunset, my brain automatically goes to like exactly what the sunset looks like outside my window over the Dallas skyline. Um, If someone says picture mountains, I see literally a photo that I took when we were in Switzerland. Like I don't see new things. I see Mm -hmm. things that I've already seen. So visualization is a really challenging practice for me, but something that I think is so useful because when we, and I think the disconnect for me for a really long time was that I would picture things, but I wouldn't feel them. I wouldn't bring it from my head into my body. And so if we want to feel more confident, something that I might say is like, okay, close your eyes and like picture a time when you felt confident. Maybe you love public speaking and you gave a presentation and you felt really confident. Now, feel in your body what it felt like at that time and like literally create that feeling in your body. Mm -hmm. And that will automatically take us out of whatever we were feeling before. Right. I love that. And that's a visualization where I I have done a few meditations and one of them was about being enough. That's something that I struggle with constantly and that I heavily work through in the app, it was like a 12 minute meditation. And she was like, all right, think of a time when you didn't feel enough. Oh, pain. Like Uh I literally was there just like, I was, I, I started crying during the meditation. Like I felt it. And I was very present in the meditation. And I started crying because I felt it so deep in my soul and how painful it felt to not feel enough. And then she changed the script and she was like, all right, now think of a time when you did feel like you were enough. And then I cried more because I was like, oh my God, I felt, I feel so alive. Uh And the, the thing that's so fucking cool about that is that because you did that in that moment, you can do that at any time. Mm -hmm. And that's what I tell my clients. I'm like, you literally just went from feeling a way that you don't want to feel to feeling a way that you do want to feel. So the next time you feel that way that you don't want to feel, do whatever it is you just did. And like, that's how you practice it. And you get in the body and you feel that. And this is how you create new feelings. And this is how you up level. And this is how you heal. Have you ever heard of, it's not a term, it's not a phrase, it's an activity where you basically like think back to a time in your past and you just rewrite it completely. And you keep like a, a time in the past where you didn't feel like enough, we'll use that example. And if I go back to that exact moment where I felt that deep pain of not feeling enough and then start telling myself, no, you actually were enough in that situation. You did feel enough. And the more that you rewrite that, your brain doesn't can't tell the past from, from what it actually was. And then you're able to take that completely rewrite the past and then it manifests in your future. Love it. I'm into it. (laughs) (laughs) Super into that. You can use anything from the past in your mind and then you can create that. I love it. (laughs) I mean, it's so true. Like if we have felt things before we can, though it might be really challenging, like we can feel them again. Um, Yeah. It's just, we are, we are so much more powerful than we think we are. Mm -hmm. And 
like ultimately that is my goal for my clients is to see for them to see their innate power the way that I see their power because like everything that we're talking about this is fully in our control and like of course we have obstacles and some people have more obstacles than others if we have you know generational trauma actual trauma epigenetics, like all, all of the things, like some people have all of the cards stacked against them and it's going to be more challenging. And like, if those people, if you're listening, like it's, it's, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's going to be fucking awful. It's going to be rough, but you can still move the bar and you can still take those steps and you can still practice these things because there's always something that is within our control and something that we have power over. Yeah. And how powerful is it for someone who has so many roadblocks in the way to be like, I'm going to fucking do this for myself. Yeah. And to see those people come out on top. I mean, the success stories are unreal and it like shakes you because you think that you have it bad and you never want to compare yourself to anyone, but it's like, oh, I have it so bad. I can't do anything. And it's like, but look at everyone else who has defined or defied anything that was in their way. Because if you want what's best for you, you got to do whatever you can to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you talked about stepping into your power and you're helping your clients get there. What does that mean to you stepping into your power? I think it's really about knowing ourselves, trusting ourselves and becoming the version of us that is unshakable because when we are when we find our and i'm using such like gimmicky language but i just can't think of better words like when we are in alignment and when we find our truth and when we just know like who the fuck we are we are unshakable and we stop looking to outside things, right? Like external validation is outsourcing our power because if we can only show up when we're getting praised for it, or if we can only, um, hit the gym when there's like a prize involved and it's a challenge, you know, for some challenge or whatever. Um, if we only put ourselves out there when there's some sort of like external reward or benefit, like that's, that's not ours. That's people pleasing. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's not how I want people to live their lives. There's a reason that we are all different humans, right? And it's not so that we are all the same. That doesn't make any sense. Like I, that just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, we all have a different story. We all have different gifts. And if we are suppressing those for the comfort of others or the validation of others or the approval of others, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. And how can you, how can someone tell if they are people pleasing versus stepping into their own self, their own power? I believe that our intuition knows. I think that, I think that we all know I can think of times when I did shit for other people and it didn't feel good, right? Like it, 
um, every time you say yes to a party that you don't want to go to, every time you work late and miss your kid's thing because you're afraid what, of what your boss is going to think. Um, a lack of boundaries is, is a huge indicator that we are outsourcing our power. Um, but I think it's just our, a gut feeling, right? Like we all know what we want and what we like, and maybe not in every aspect of our lives, because if we haven't explored things, we might not know, but then it's up for you to try new things and to be confident enough to try and to figure out what it is that you like and don't like, and to not do the shit that you don't like. Right. Like I can't imagine, um, you know, going to a restaurant and someone saying, oh, I'm, I'm getting a burger and me wanting chicken tendies, but I'm like, oh my God, well, they're getting a burger. I, I wonder if they won't like me if I get chicken tendies. So I, I hate burgers. I don't actually eat beef, but I'm going to get this burger because I know that they'll approve. Like that sounds ridiculous, Yeah, but we do that in other areas of our lives all the time. We wear clothes because we want other people to like us. We go to, we do certain activities because we want people to like us. We show up on social media a certain way because we want other people to like us. And that life's just too short. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's going back into who you are. We're all, there's, there's so many humans out there in the world. We are meant to be who we are. And that is not like anyone else out there. And I, I will say that because so many of us have searched for these external things for so long, a lot of us probably really struggle to know who we are and what we like and what our truth is. And I think that's where taking time alone is really great to build self-awareness. Reading is really good to build self-awareness. Hiring a coach is really good to build self-awareness. And trying new things and doing things you're afraid of, right? Like think about if I had never joined a choir, would I have gone to school for voice performance? Would I be singing professionally around Dallas? Like, no, what if I didn't even know I could sing because I was too afraid to try? Mm-hmm. What if when people started asking me for help with their nutrition, I had said, oh, I don't know anything about nutrition. Like, I'm not going to do that. I would still be working as a teacher, getting paid shit and outsourcing my power to everyone else. Mm -hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with being a teacher. It's very noble. And I did it for a while. And that's what I wanted to do for a very long time, but that's not for me. Yeah. And I didn't know that until I tried something different. And if we're afraid to try things, we're never going to figure out who we are and what we like. Right. And that leads me to, to ask you if, do you have any tips for people? Like, like you said, you take time alone, do things, but what is something that if someone right now is listening and they're like, I don't know who I am, or I maybe, maybe I think I do, but mm-hmm. I, I want to see if I'm people pleasing. What is something that they can do that may call out things that they're doing? That's not really for them. Yeah. Um, journaling on some of your favorite things, mm-hmm. I think would be really a really cool activity. Um, taking personality tests, I think is really cool. Like take it with a grain of salt. Like, again, that is an external thing, personality tests and human design and astrology. Like those are external, but 
I have found when I discovered human design, I felt so, um, I said, don't do things to feel validated, but I felt so (laughs) validated in like, oh my gosh, like there's not something wrong with me. Like this is actually who I am. Um, and it was, it was much more an internal validation than an external. Um, but when I discovered my human design, um, I still don't know a lot about it, but I'm a, for anyone listening, who's into human design, are you into human design? My, my friend showed me it and it made okay. so much sense. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a projector mm-hmm. and projectors are like the helpers. They are, which I was like, <laughs> duh. Um, I'm a splenic projector, which means that I'm led by my intuition also duh. Like I'm very, very intuitive. Um, I have a lot of open centers. I only have two closed centers, which means that I absorb other people's energy very easily. And that was huge for me because I could not for the life of me figure out why when I did use all of my tools in my toolbox to like be in a good place. When I knew I had to go be with people whose energy I didn't like, I, I would be like, okay, I love, I love my job. I'm so excited to be here. I love music. Like get woosah, right? Like get in it. And I would walk in and immediately it was like a a switch was flipped and I just felt gross and I felt tense. And I like, couldn't, when I saw that it's because I absorb other people's energy, I was like, oh my God, like this makes so much sense. So I think these, these are tools that like can be very helpful in, in aiding in self-awareness, but they are certainly not the be all end all. So take it all with a grain of salt. Um, there's a core values quiz. That's really good that you can take. If you don't know if you're like in alignment with your values, um, and you can ask people like people know you really well. I would just ask that like grab three to five people, not a lot. Like your very, very closest people be like, Hey, how would you describe me? what do you like about me? And yeah. just see what they say. I think that's always really interesting. It's interesting. And I love it when people see you for who you really are. And there are times where you're like, wait a minute, you see that in me? Like you see that in me. And it's like sometimes a total disbelief or other yeah. times there's may like, there was one time where my, my friends made the, I am statement of Jessica. I want you to say, I am divine. And when they said that, I was like, Whoa, like that's a big statement. And when I kind of like took a step back, like another emotional trip for me, I was like super emotional because I was like, I feel seen. Like, I feel like I've done all this work on myself that I wasn't validating that. And I'm someone who does seek validation, like heavy seeking validation. But once they said that, I was like, I didn't need them to tell me that. Like I knew that, but that's a big thing to say about yourself. And like, it comes down to be like, was that conceited for me to say that if I'm divine, but which is worried about other people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Trickling into our inner beings and just breaking the script of society again, all the way back to where society started. And we are instilled to think badly about ourselves Mm -hmm. and to, to take away things from ourselves, whether that's calories or carbs or whatever it may be, self-limiting beliefs, it all trickles back to how we were raised and what society tells us and working with coaches like yourself, like myself, like other amazing coaches out there to really 
get to know ourselves better mm-hmm. and break the script and understand ourselves. Yeah. And the, I think that the work that we do as coaches also is so transformative for us mm-hmm. because we get to be the mirrors for other people and we get to reflect all of these things back to them. And it brings up our own shit, which is another reason that I think coaches should have coaches. Um, but it's so, and I've, I've heard, um, I don't know if this is similar or not. Sorry, if you're a mother, father, parent, caretaker, and this is not similar, but I also hear um, friends of mine who become parents say that like, that is a huge self-discover like uh, area where they learn about themselves also as a parent. And I imagine that it feels somewhat similar because we are caring for other people. We're holding space for other people. And in that we see our own reactions to things and we feel our own, um, egos come up and all sorts of things that we then have to take a look at, get to take a look at. Yeah. Exactly. It, it makes you almost magnify yourself when you are helping and nurturing other people because holding that deep of space for them, you have to make sure you hold that space for yourself as well. Yes. Wow. <laughs> well, Laura, I know we're going to be wrapping up, but I want everyone to know where can they find you? What is new for you? What is up next? You have all these amazing things you're doing for yourself and your clients. What do you have coming on? Yeah. So I run programs, group programs periodically. Um, I, my signature group coaching program is called the nutrition empowerment project. It is my favorite way to work with clients because I clearly am an extrovert. I love people. I love community. I believe in the power of community. And so group coaching is like my jam. Um, I do also offer one-on-one coaching, I love that as well. And I definitely think that there are certain people who thrive more in a one-on-one setting than they do in a group. Um, but I love groups. I teach um, monthly workshops that are free. So Eventbrite, super easy to sign up. I change the topic every month so far until I run out of topics. And then I might start repeating them again. But so far I have like seven or eight new topics. Um, and I love to hang out on the gram. So I'm at Lara.days. And yeah, I'm on there way too much. So that's <laughs> pretty, that's the most, uh, the easiest way to find me. I love that. Well, Laura, this has been awesome. You are doing amazing work out there. It has been a pleasure getting to know you more deeper and for you to inspire me this entire conversation. I was like, I am so excited to re-listen to this and take notes on this and be inspired. (laughs) Um, I'm so excited to share back with you what I learned more deeply when I'm, I'm fully in and editing the shit out of this and putting so many fun emojis and shit on the post. So (laughs) everyone listening, thank you so much for your time that you spent with me and Laura today. And to talk about limiting beliefs, stepping into your power and what it's like to have a coach of your own to elevate yourself and invest in yourself. If you like this episode, give us a like, a five-star review, something kind in the messages down here. Or if you think a friend could really benefit from this, send it to them. Say, hey, you need to listen to these gals. They're fucking dope as shit. You ain't wrong. (laughs) We'll see you back on the podcast so soon. That's all we got for Let's Chat with J-Bax. Peace, love, y'all.